You are listening to the Business Wilderness, the voice of entrepreneurs. Welcome to the Business Wilderness. My name is Amr Al-Huli and today I have a very special guest with me, Mark Barze, CMO at Showpo. Mark, how are you? Hey, good, thanks. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. Thank you for joining me on the, on the Business Wilderness. Mark, let's get back in time. Where did it all begin for you? Oh man, it depends how far back you want to go. Um, <laughs> I, I, I've had quite a varied career. I've, I've, I'm sure you've heard people say that there's people have you know four or five distinct careers in their life these days. I don't know if that's true for everyone, but it's definitely true for me. Um, so if you want to go back far enough, you know, working in recording studios and stuff like that. But um, I don't know. I, I end up as a multimedia producer, and then back, back in the very early days of the web, was uh, working as a developer. Um, end up as a, a web developer at Microsoft back in the '90s. And um, it just it just seemed to me like the marketing guys are having more fun, I reckon. <laughs> and as a, not you know, it's not the the, the cliches of partying. They were working on interesting problems, and that they were further up the food chain as well. And I kind of thought, you know, I saw the development team. It's just like, well, there's this very very long chain of decisions. At the end of the day, someone you know, developer gets told, well, this is what you have to do. And I kind of wanted to be the one kind of deciding what to do. And I kind of thought the marketing guys are having fun. So I kind of you know, made a gradual transition across, and it's kind of been been an interesting experience learning about things. Um, since then, I've done lots of works. I've worked as like a, a project manager, like as, as in a proper formal sense of the term, project management. I've worked as an information architect, as a copywriter. This is all, all in the web sphere I'm talking about. Um, and you know, I've worked in various marketing capacities and somehow managed to, I did consulting for a long time and then somehow managed to find myself in a CMO role. I'm not exactly sure how, but here I am. Wow, so tell us a bit more about the the CMO role and the organization you're currently with, is it Shopo? It is, yeah. I hope I pronounced that right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Shopo, for for those who don't know, it's, it's a pure play women's fast fashion company with based in Australia, but sell globally to, I think it's about 70 countries or so we've got customers in. Um, And yeah, we've we've done quite well for ourselves. Um, You know, have been on a rapid growth curve and kind of kicking a lot of goals, which is is lots of fun. We've got a a, a real dynamite um, CEO and a dynamite exec team there and and team in general. So yeah, we've been doing pretty well for ourselves there. Awesome. Um, Now, Mark, I know uh, f- uh, female fashion and retail in general is extremely competitive. Um, what, what, what are some of the obstacles and challenges you, you guys are currently facing, or if any, uh, in, in growing your brand and basically taking it through that growth spurt? Oh man, lots of challenges. But I, I, I was just saying to someone, a friend of mine yesterday, that we've, we've fast fashion, but the, the barriers to entry are very low. It's actually, it's actually very easy to start up a fast fashion company, particularly an online fast fashion. Yeah. Um, but it's very hard to do it well. Um, and and there, there's still lots of things we're not doing well, but, you know, we're, we're getting there. And, you know, the, the, the further you get down the road and the more you kind of tackle these biggest problems, 
um, yeah, but it just it just has this magnifying effect, and so a lot of our time as as a company is is on tackling these big problems, um, you know, and and a, a lot of them, particularly from a marketing perspective, a lot of them are common uh, to a lot of them. I, I had had a beer yesterday with a CMO of another similar size company, and we, we were chatting, and he's, he's in a different industry. Um, but you know, but the challenges we're facing are very, very similar. You know, you know, how do we attribute? How do we kind of connect with and understand our customers? Um, all those sorts of things. I think you know, every CMO in the world is is, is having those problems in in different ways. Uh, so yeah, absolutely. Especially with especially with all these algorithm changes that that are happening so often. Um, you know. Uh, Engagement, consumer confidence, uh, traffic—that's all right now. Being bas- basically, too many organisations are leaving it in the, in the hands of the the platforms and and the search engines and so on. And what I mean by that is, uh, the issue is that once there is the algorithm change, many organisations are losing twenty or thirty percent of their traffic. Uh, mm-hmm. what do you do you guys have like a strategy in place where that's basically a, avoidable through you guys because I know fashion retail uh, it's very visual it's very engaging uh, people like to read and watch th- watch things more than other industries because they love to see what's coming up new what's coming out new so people would be probably more uh, not vulnerable, but more interested in signing up to uh, basically see latest updates, news trends, and so on and so on. Do you see that you guys have more success converting the prospect into a lead or so on and so on? Basically obtaining their personal details to keep that consumer for a longer lifespan than being so dependent on these other platforms. Yeah, I mean, there's lots of ways to reach consumers, and you know, there's a lot of them, as we know, search and social are already algorithm driven. And then, on the other hand, you've got your your own captive audiences via, um, you know, email and um, other kind of similar channels, and just you know, brand loyalty that sort of thing. I think we've you kind of made made reference to algorithms, and yeah, and, and yeah, we we've, we've all seen people and possibly been victims of ourselves of a, a search or Instagram or Facebook algorithm or whatever that suddenly wipes out your engagement or you know wipes out you know your your traffic or whatever it might be. But it's 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 actually also and people see it as a negative thing, and yeah, it's it's hard work, but it's also an opportunity. But every time there's a big algorithm change, it's like. How can we take advantage of that? Because a lot of people get knocked out at that point, which means there's a lot of you know engagement, a lot of traffic up the grabs, and and we've managed to take advantage of that at Shopo kind of several times. That you know every time there's an algo change, we kind of say how can we pivot? What can we do differently? Like I'm um, just uh, early this year, Instagram did a, a pretty big change to their algo, and um, and, and Instagrams are like an important channel for us. Absolutely, and. And so that, that they went through and they, they did a significant algo change and there, there was a kind of, you know, good, good month or so where uh, engagement was not what we were used to. Uh, but, you know, we tested, we experimented, spoke to different people. Um, and now now we're, we're 
actually doing stronger than ever. So, you know, our, our numbers are actually up now that we've kind of recovered and kind of figured out how, how, how the algo, algo works. But it's, it's a lot of work doing most of this stuff. Um, but then, you know, algos is a whole other talk. But, you know, my, my belief is that Instagram's going to be completely reworking their algorithm this year. They're, um, they're, they're leaving a lot of money on the table. I don't think, I don't think they're going to be happy with that. Um, but, yeah, owning an audience is, is really important as well. There's a... What's the saying? Um, don't build your house on rented ground. Absolutely. And you know, basically, you know, Facebook, Google, you know, Amazon, Instagram, but you know, YouTube—they're all rented ground. You know, at the end of the day, someone else is in charge of what happens. Whereas on your site and in your database, you're in charge of what happens. So you know, you got to try and balance those things. But you know, unfortunately, that's also where where, where the consumers are in, in general and, and definitely in our space, you know, targeting kind of a younger female audience. They're very, very active on social media. So, so we, we do have to be there. Um, but, you know, you know, I, I, despite the fact it's boring and people kind of, you know, the, the perpetual prediction of the death of email, you know, emails are a really strong, important channel for us. Um, but then there's other kind of new channels. I don't know about emerging, but you know things like you know, app push and you know browser push and you know kind of all, all, all these other channels which are kind of you know re- reshaping kind of the, the concept of owned audiences. Excuse me for the interruption, but I have a very important message. Stop recklessly spending your money on ad spend and start building your brand. Discover how content marketing can establish your business as a household name. The Business Wilderness has helped organizations generate hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue through content and social media marketing. In one particular case, we helped an organization generate over $200 million in 12 months. Go to www.businesswilderness.com forward slash free consult, F-R-E-E-C-O-N-S-U-L-T and receive your free consultation. Back to the show. Yep, absolutely. Um, what's I've, look? Um, I've had a look at your Instagram account. You guys one have one point three million followers. I mean, that's a great amount of followers. Great, great effort, and congratulations. What are some of the the, the strategies that that you guys employ to, to sort of grow that that following? A lot of it is, I mean, I, I, I think it's funny if you kind of follow us on Instagram, um, you know, you see lots of, you know, pretty girls dancing around and lots of fun and lots of games and that sort of stuff. And it, it, it's all true. It's not like, it's not like that stuff's manufactured. <laughs> but but the, the, the Instagram posts that don't do so well is, you know, someone sweating over Excel for hours kind of trying to analyze the data. Um, and, and those ones we don't post to Instagram because they're, they're, they're not as popular, it turns out. Um, and so it, it, it's really about examining every single post, every single thing that happens and trying to figure out what happened and why, why it happened and how we can do it better next time. Um, so, so that, that, that's, that's really what it is. Just, you know, analysis. So constant evaluation, post strategy, post distribute, then constantly evaluate, maybe sometimes re, re, repurpose things. From, from 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 what you've told me and and yeah and basically move forward um, yeah quickly snapchat what do you guys like on snapchat uh, do, do you guys see snapchat as a channel 
that you guys can monetize on for, for ages between 14 and 24. What are your thoughts on that? Um, not particularly bullish on Snapchat, personally. Yeah. Um, you know, to, to, to be perfectly blunt, you know, I mean, while, while it's, you know, there's no doubt it's still active, um, I, I, I do think it's a dying channel. And I, I think, you know, if anyone's following the news, they've, they've heard the backlash against the, the latest Snapchat update, which is just another nail in the coffin. <laughs> but in saying um, that, in saying that they did have an increase in, in subscribers. They had did eight, they? Yeah, they had 8 million, 8.7 million uh, more subscribers. I think it was an 8% increase in, in, in uh, monthly users or daily users. So... Really? Yes. I missed that one. There's, Interesting. Thank you for the update. No worries, no worries. So there, there is hope. And I think... I mean, I've heard a lot of negativity about this um, redesign, but I think what some people are not seeing is the redesign is to accommodate for the whole discovery issue or the search engine issue that they had previously. So before you couldn't really search uh, famous people or, or, or celebrities and follow them. Now it's all there. I think they're trying to sort of incorporate that search engine attract an older audience and bring in different eyes to the platform. It might have uh, upset a few, but there's also an option to to go back to the original um, original design and outlay. So, from 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 my perspective, that's what I see. I see there is still life for Snapchat for for certain age groups, but not for everyone. Because like McDonald's late last year or mid last year I ran a whole HR campaign just through Snapchat and a lot and they have a heavy heavy presence on Snapchat and they're, they're extremely extremely successful on uh, a, a Snapchat so it really depends on the organization and your industry and your age group and who your 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 target your target persona is yeah interesting uh, maybe I need to bring you as a Snapchat consultant no, <laughs> no. um <laughs> It sounds like you're more across it than I am, but um, yeah, no, it's like I mean, it's it's still a good platform. I mean, I, I had a chat with the um, Snapchat guys the other day, and I don't know, it, it, it's their value proposition was basically we have a couple of people who aren't on Facebook and Instagram. That, that was kind of that, that, that was it. That was wow. all they were selling. Um, I think you know, depends on which report you read. I think they're saying they've got you know, twenty or thirty percent of people who are on Snap but not on Facebook or Instagram, and so that's all, all they've got is that. That's how you reach those people. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know, but it's not one that we're not one we're investing in heavily. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and and that's fair enough. You guys know your target audience much better than anyone. But that pitch is pretty poor, I reckon. I mean, when when there's that's like uh, they they got the highest retention rate across multiple platforms and 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 sort of the highest engagement rate because young people spend at least thirty minutes a day on Snapchat. They're selling you those 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 stats. Yeah, I mean this 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 is, this is for a, a paid um, engagement they were they were pitching to me, and the, the, the challenge is you know you talk to you know Google and Facebook and they have performance products which is a lot easier to sell, 
Yeah. Um, Snap, Snapchat don't. You know, they, they, they don't have any performance products. It's pure branding, which is a lot harder to sell. Because um, yeah. it's just, you know, as, as, as I constantly say to people, you know, I've got a lot of people competing for my brand dollars and very few people competing for my performance dollars. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. You know, basically, you've got, you know, Google and Facebook and, you know, Bing and maybe one or two others competing for my performance dollars. And, um, yeah, so it, it becomes a, a very a much harder conversation to have there. Absolutely. Have you guys seen a change in your engagement rates after the algorithm changes on Facebook? Did it affect you guys much? Even though if, if, you, if you're doing advertising, it doesn't really affect too, too much. But your organic reach, of course. Um, well, I mean, just, just to complicate things, uh, Facebook just changed the way they were reporting organic reach just a few weeks ago, kind of at the same time, whether that's a coincidence or not, <laughs> we can leave up to the conspiracy theorists. <laughs> Um, oh, well, uh, I'm not saying it's not, but yeah. I'm, not, I'm not saying it is. Yeah. But uh, honestly, Facebook's been dead as an organic platform for years. Absolutely. So, yeah. Absolutely. It hasn't, hasn't really affected us that much, to be honest. Um, I, I was actually expecting it to affect our, our, our paid performance because, you know, I, I believe that they're going to be showing a lower frequency of ads now. Yeah. Um, but we haven't seen much impact from that either, which is a little bit, a bit surprising, to be honest. Honestly, I think if you if you're able to have the right strategy together, the right content through your your paid channels, and and obviously the right audience, I don't think it, it will affect any organization too too much. It comes down to what's done off Facebook, if that if that makes sense. That's where that's where the core of the work is, and that's what people are missing. So that's that's sort of my my five cents, as they say. But anyway, so by, by, by off Facebook, you mean what happens when you, they hit your website and that sort of thing? No, I mean the strategy before. All oh, right, yeah, yeah. Before yeah, yeah. the 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 implementation of, of the actual uh, putting together an ad and so on and so on, content yeah, I basically. Mean, we we treat Facebook almost almost a lot like email in that rather than just being you know some people just say oh Facebook is another AdWords and you know get click drive conversion we treat it more like kind of a, a nurturing program like email so um you know you get people in you engage them you warm them up and, and only then do you sell to them and, and that seems to be working well for us absolutely um do, do you do you think facebook is underpriced do you think facebook is overpriced do you think it's dying well, what, what are your thoughts uh look it's it's a really good question i mean if, if you, you you talk to any kind of you know digital marketer or, or you know CMO, the biggest challenge is attribution, yeah. right? It's all I don't know the biggest, but a big challenge is attribution. And anyone who says attribution isn't isn't a problem isn't paying attention. I reckon. Absolutely. Um, and I'm I'm doing a lot of work in that space, but it's still you know I've, I've got access to some some pretty neat attribution tools, but even then it's it's still it's still imperfect and I was just I was just chatting with a Facebook team about this yesterday and it, it's still comparing apples and oranges but you know try, trying to compare different channels and trying to understand the actual true impact of a channel it's just so hard to do so so hard to do so I mean look looking at the raw numbers you know Facebook delivering delivers incredible performance but yeah. Facebook, Facebook are very greedy about their attribution. They, they, they claim a lot of things that they probably shouldn't be claiming. Um, 
so where, whereas um, other channels, you know, like you know, Google and whatever, are, are a lot more realistic. I think it's it's they're still not perfect, but a lot more realistic. So, yeah, attribution is one of those questions that keeps me up at night. And you know, and attribution is basically just determining what a fair price for something is, really. Absolutely. I mean, it is it, it is a bit of a tricky one because there's no sort of uh, guide or. Or, or something that's agreed on commonly by someone who's like in a, a a neutral corner that can tell you this is you should be paying this much and that much and this touch point should be costing you so on so on so yeah we all know facebook's being guilty of you know marking their own homework and giving themselves an a plus <laughs> you know according to facebook there's four people in this conversation right now yeah um <laughs> Yeah, so, some some yeah. of those stats, honestly, they they boggle my mind sometimes. But when I see some some of the stats that that, that do come through, but it's um it's definitely a, a work in progress and interesting to see what happens over the next twelve to, to twenty four months. Um, yeah, but if we just look at the pure correlation basis, you know, just when we do more on Facebook, do sales go up? The answer is yes. Awesome, awesome. Um, Shopo, what's the vision moving forward? Well, our publicly stated vision is to get $100 million revenue by 2020 with no external funding. Um, what are so, you currently so at now, if you don't mind? Uh, we're, we're, we're kind of a bit past halfway. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Any, any marketing goals forward? Any technology disruption? Anything that you see that you guys might dig, dig into moving forward? Um, a, a lot of our focus is on international markets. That there, there, there's a big upside in there because you know, as, you know, we're, we're getting to a. We're not there yet, but we're, we're slowly approaching a size where we're going to hit saturation in Australia. Yeah. Um, and you know, there, there's there's only so many girls buying only so many dresses in in Australia. Um, yeah. And so we're kind of you know looking at where we can go outside and looking at the rest of the world and. Um, seeing see the opportunities there, um, and, and there's there's a lot of marketing challenges with that um, because you know in, in Australia amongst our demographic we have fairly good recognition. Yeah. Um, you know the, the majority of girls you know know us, familiar with the brand. Yeah. Um, outside Australia, we're no one. No, you know we're we're, we're a, a, a flea on an elephant, elephant's back outside Australia. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and so the marketing challenges in what's essentially a mature audience versus a very immature audience are, are quite different. Um, so yeah, and, and there's, there's also you know, as a rapidly growing company, um, Shopo hasn't had some of the, the proper marketing disciplines in place. You know, having a proper brand strategy and having things like that. So there's, there's a lot of work going on around those sorts of things at the moment, which is which which is which is fun. Awesome, awesome. All right, uh, Mark, I mean, it's been an absolute pleasure. We've had a great, insightful chat. You guys are doing some amazing work. Before I, before I let you go, where can we find you on social media or, or online across the web? Funnily enough, being from a, <clears throat> a social company, I'm, I'm not particularly active on social media myself. <laughs> um, more, more than happy to chat on, on, on LinkedIn, which is probably where I spend most of my time. Um, but yeah, I, I have a, a very dormant Twitter account, which gets, I, I, I tweeted two weeks ago for the first time in two years, I think. Um, <laughs> and yeah, that's, that's probably the best place. But, you know, in, in my, my, you know, I, I tend to keep 
fairly quiet and just get on with doing things, really. That's probably the, the way to be. More action, less talk, as they say. Where can we find Shopo on social media, Mark? Everywhere. <laughs> and it's just um, Shopo, S-H-O-W-P-O? Yep, Shopo on Instagram. I love Shopo on Facebook. Um, I think it's I love Shopo on Snapchat. We're on Pinterest. We're on YouTube. Um yeah, just go to the Sherpa website. We've got links to all of them. We've even got we can do little bits on WeChat, although we're not not overly active. Oh, sorry, um, yeah, not overly active there. And we're 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 on all the socials. Um, YouTube's a, a big one for us at the moment, so we're doing a lot there. Awesome, awesome, Mark. Thank you very much for joining me on the Business Wilderness. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you too. Thank you for your time. You're welcome.